If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. Thanks for joining in here on the official Colts podcast on a Thursday. You got the Thursday crew here with you back for at least one more week. It's a win and you're in, lose and go home situation for the Colts in the regular season finale. You got the 9 and 7 Colts, you got the 9 and 7 Houston Texans for a right to go to the postseason here in 2023. Billy Brooks Casey Vallier, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for joining in here on YouTube and also on the Colts Audio Network, the old school way, if you will, uh, listening to us on just audio. Fellas, how are we doing today? You all right? Excited. Ready to go. Excited. Have this opportunity to get in the playoffs. This is what it's all Big about, Big game man. on Saturday night. This is what it's all about. Primetime game. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt fun. about Exciting. it. Exciting. Yeah. I got those butterflies, and I'm not even taking a snap. <laughs> but I know that. That's the thing. Like, I know that there's not a chance they're ever going to call my number because I don't even have one. But, you know, it's one of those things that I'm going to be watching from the booth. Maybe not as nervous as the players, but there's going to be those vibes, you know. That's the it's, thing. And it's Thursday, too. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I think we've all felt like this since. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, really since the end Ultimately of. Since the end of the game you know yes. when, when when the league announced i think on on halftime of the sunday night game like hey this is going to be a primetime game on a saturday night lucas oil stadium winning you're in and we're like that that's when it became real for me i can't i can't speak for anybody else but that's when like the juices started to flow yeah, for me it was watching shane's press conference after the win against the raiders and you would have thought they lost because he was so focused there was no excitement it was like yeah we had to win this game we are on <laughs> to houston, houston. Mm-hmm. On we to know what and it was it's like it's all about oh, man this is this is real this is yeah. right now and that's what it started to hit for me so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited that's for sure yeah so we're going to talk all about the game we're going to hit it from every single angle also behind enemy lines today on the official Colts podcast here brought to you by Win Las Vegas Casey Vallier is going to have a chat a little bit later on on this podcast with Mark Vandermeer good guy oh, great really guy. good guy yeah. good broadcaster the he's voice, the enemy but he's a good guy yeah, voice voice <laughs> of the Houston Texans is going to join us here Mark Vandermeer in just a few minutes but let's talk about we kind of already hit it, just the, the anxiety factor of this game. I mean, we talked about the, the reality of things, the situation that's on the line. The loser of this game, there's no scenario where the loser of this game can make the playoffs, right? It's not like if you lose, you can scoreboard watch and hope for ties all over the place. Right. No, there is no situation between the Colts and Texans where the loser of this game goes on to make the playoffs. Um, the Colts can still be the four seed. They can be the six seed or they can be the seven seed based on results <laughs> around the NFL and the AFC in week 18. And it's just crazy because, you know, the Jaguars are kind of still on this free fall. I know they won last week, got things back on track a little bit, but is, is, is Trevor Lawrence going to play right. yeah. in week 18? So they have a, a huge game uh, coming up on Sunday against the uh, Tennessee Titans. That game is in Nashville, by the way. But here the Colts are, Billy, at the beginning of the season. 
ESPN gave the Colts a 17% chance of making the playoffs. That's back in August. Yes. That's before Anthony Richardson went down, right? That's before all the concussions and the suspensions on this team right. and the wild roller coaster that it's been here in 2023 for the Colts. Um, what, a, what an unbelievable season it would be if the Colts make the playoffs. But, again, I, we'll talk about that more in detail coming up in just a little bit. But for you, this is the biggest Colts game since when? Wow. I know that's a loaded question, but yes. this is the biggest Colts game for you since dot, 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 dot. I'm going back to the Jaguars game in 21. Yeah. Is that 21? Week 18. Yeah. 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 Week 18 going to the last week of the season where if they win, they're in. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Colts lost. So I would say for me, this is the biggest game since then. You know, I, I think in this game is, you know, hey, for the Colts, you have the opportunity. This is what you want. You have the opportunity. You control it. You don't have yeah. to scoreboard watch, do anything. You go out there and play your game and win the football game. You're into the dance, and that's what you want. So I'll go back to the Jaguars game in 21. That this is the biggest game since then. To yeah. me. Yeah. And and I I don't I don't disagree with you mm-hmm. because I would probably have the same answer, but it feels. This game feels way bigger than yes. that one. Yep. Yes. Because of the low <laughs> expectations and the first year with a new head coach and not having Anthony Richardson for the entire season. It just feels like if you're able to capitalize on this game, Casey, it would just catapult you in terms of franchise momentum. See, that's I honestly thought about Billy's game as well. What I'm going with is the Bills' playoff loss. Mm-hmm. So you're already mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So the last okay. time this team was in the postseason, that's where I put this one. Now – when it comes to regular season magnitude, for sure, this is definitely up there because, as you talk about, it's a win and you're in, and that's there's no big, bigger game than that. But I think, like Matt said, I think it is bigger, and and I, you get those vibes too. Where I know we're gonna we're gonna touch on this at the end, but like, in a way, you look at the expectations and where this team is, and they've exceeded so many of those that, that's why it's a big game. But it's one of those things where it's not like. If you lose this game, what does this say about your franchise for the next decade? Because I don't feel like it's there, right. but I do think that it is a huge game. And I put it just at at that already in. And, I mean, we heard guys talking about it in the locker room. I still feel like that game against Buffalo in the playoffs in 2020, the Colts were the better team. And yeah. it just happened to be a handful of plays went one way or the other. And, you know, the Bills – came away victorious, but ultimately that was one that you let slip away. So I just want to see the team not let this one slip away. Yeah, I always like to tap into your experience. You played in so many big games. You played in playoff games, mm-hmm. one and done um, type of situations. <laughs> what, what, what was the biggest game of your career, and how did you go about what, – what, what was the week of preparation like, and what are these guys going through this week? Well, if the biggest game was the Super Bowl, yeah. the Buffalo, yeah. of course. That was the biggest game that I've played in, and – the week of preparation, since I've never played in the Super Bowl, anything like that, the week of preparation is basically to piggyback off what the other guys' experiences were, mm-hmm. meaning the guys who have been there before, who, what they did during that week, and ask them how they prepared. And they pretty much told me they prepared the same way. They didn't prepare any different. There's no need to change things right now. Prepare the same way. You might watch a little extra film um, to get prepared. Uh, you might do have a little extra treatment to, to get ready, but... For the most part, the mindset is do what you've been doing so it's not a big change and just go out there and just make sure you execute. Just execute. Just focus and just put away all the distractions. Things that are going on at home, things yeah. that are going on in the media, just put it out of your head and just prepare for this game. That's your 
laser focus. Stay up focus on the game at hand and on the task at hand and just stay into the game plan. It's almost like it's the only thing that matters in your life for yeah. a good six days. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's what it, And you know what? You have a spouse and everything. Right. And you, you know, you talk to your spouse. <laughs> Hopefully they understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, hey, look, you know what? This is an important game. If, you know, if we don't win, it's, it's <laughs> devastating. So, yeah. And they, most, for the most part, my wife was great. She understood and uh, <laughs> kind of left me alone. Let me, you know, spend some extra hours at the facility watching sure. film sure. and doing things like that. So. Uh, getting prepared and getting ready and just go out there and do the best yeah. you can. The support staff at home, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're getting in the playoffs as well. <laughs> yes, they're yeah, right. they, they, they want to see you do well because they know if, if things don't go well, they know, well, for me, it's, I'm, I'm not a talkative person anyway, but when I get home and if we lost, I'm not saying two words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm very quiet. I need time to compartmentalize yes, exactly. this, all right? Exactly. I got to get out of my shell for a little bit. You brought up watching extra film. Let's talk about this rematch game because this is this is a rematch of a game that was played four months ago. All right, it was week four two. months ago. <laughs> I mean, wow. literally, like that was. We, we had leaves on the trees. It was like eighty-five degrees. Right. Anthony Richardson was still hell. I mean, it was just there's so much that has changed in in this long period of time. Seemingly, I mean, four months in the NFL. I mean, that's ancient history, yeah. as we all know. The league stands for not for long. But in that game, the Colts had six sacks. C.J. Stroud kind of had some garbage yards towards the end of that game, mm -hmm. ended up throwing for 384, but the Colts were in control yeah. really the entire way. They won 31-20. to They got off to a fast start, right? We all remember the, the couple of nice explosive touchdown runs by Richardson in that game. The defense got two strip sacks, some takeaways, um, but Houston was really banged up in that game, especially up front. I mean, they had, they had four of its five starting offensive line spots uh, banged up in that game, which led led to, again, the six sacks, the nine hits, the 16 hurries on, on C.J. Stroud. In that game, at left tackle, they had Josh Jones, Kenyon Green at left guard, Jarrett Patterson at center, right guard was Shaq Mason, the right tackle was George Fant. This week, they're going to have Laramie Tunsil back, one of the best left tackles in the game, Juice Scruggs at left guard, Michael Dieter at center, the right guard's going to be Shaq Mason. He's going to be the only holdover from week two to week 18, and then the right tackle is going to be Charlie Heck. So I'm not saying that's the best offensive line in the league, but it's certainly much better than the unit they rolled out there in week two. You know, the running game is better. Um, now Devin Singletary is their top back over Damian Pierce. They've changed some things up there. So, Casey, I'm going to ask you, where have the Texans changed the most from week two to week 18 since the, last, the, since the Colts last saw them? And where do they really kind of give the Colts a lot of pressure and, and um, trouble going into this game? I've, I find a lot of similarities between the Colts and the Texans, and I feel like it's an easy way to draw because you've got two new coaches trying to figure everything out. But I feel like in Houston, very similar to what's happened here in Indy, is they've really bought into D'Amico Ryans. They've kind of established that style of football. And, and that's been one of the things, I, I think, very similar to what we've seen out of Shane. They've gotten that out of D'Amico in Houston, where they're getting, they're maximizing every opportunity. Now, we saw it late. You talk about the garbage yards that we saw from, you know, from C.J. Stroud. I think in the second half, there were a lot of people that left that game going, okay, this guy's got some talent, and he's really just kind of grown since that second half and really hasn't slowed down. So I think that's part of it, too. I mean, you've really seen a team look at their offense and say, we've got the guy in place, and it's really elevated a lot of the other players. But I think mainly it falls on D'Amico Ryans. His team has really taken his guidance and got themselves to a spot where, very similar to what's happening in Indianapolis, 
They've exceeded so many expectations. In a way, you're playing with, you know, that term of you're playing with house money. I think both teams are, in a way, playing like that. And you look at the talent, and, I mean, you go through it. There's a lot of talent in that Houston team. And and that's one of the things I said here where, you know, ESPN can say that the Colts are going to win three games heading into the season. And I thought, there is a lot of talented players on this roster. And if you can get them all playing together and playing as a team – you can go out and put out 10 wins now that like the you Colts have a quarterback. Might. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's right. what's happening in Houston is they've really bounced around this whole group with D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud, and they're putting together a really good year. Do you think that, that Gardner Minshew will be just as effective in this game as he was in Week 2? That was the game where Richardson went out with a concussion, <laughs> Minshew came in, and he was 19 for 23 passing yeah. for a buck 71, had a touchdown in that game. But that was one of those situations where all week long you're getting ready exactly. for one quarterback, exactly. not another. And and Gardner Minshew came in and, and, and did what he does, and that's take advantage of zone defense, get the ball out fast real yep. quick, and just completely shredded that defense that wasn't necessarily prepared at the time for getting you know a, a steady dose of two and a half quarters of right. Gardner Minshew. Well, the, you know, of course, this week they'll have more information and more film to see on, on Gardner Minshew and know who they're going up against. So I, I, I look for the Texans to be ready for Gardner Minshew, but then it becomes a, a chess match where, okay, what adjustments are the Colts going to make to the you know whatever Houston right, does right. out there in the football field? I think Gardner can be effective. I'm not saying he's going to have better numbers or anything like that, but to me, it's just being effective, being efficient, not turning the ball over, holding on to the ball, making sure you get the people in the right position, the right place, uh, right plays, make the team get in the right plays, and make the uh, the plays that you you need to make out there in the football field. So I think he can be um, efficient and and better this week, but necessarily. Not necessarily better numbers. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just just do the things you're supposed to do. Don't turn the ball over, and hopefully you get a chance to move the ball down the field. Yeah, let's talk about Stroud, rookie quarterback. He's missed two games. Uh, the weeks before last week, he was out two games with a concussion, mm-hmm. um, but bounced back in a really big way last week, completed 75% of his passes um, against the Titans, and they rolled in that game. But here are his numbers for the season. He ranks ninth in passing, second in passing yards per game at 274. He's third in yards per attempt at 8.1. That's a huge number. Huge. That's a huge number both in terms of what it is, but also for a rookie quarterback yeah. to feel that comfortable being able to push the ball down the field, 8.1 yards per attempt. That is enormous for a young player like C.J. Stroud. He's sixth in passer rating at 99 and second in completions over 25, which goes along with what we just said. He's got 38 completions on the season over 25 yards. He also ranks fifth all-time in passing yards by a rookie quarterback (laughs) in NFL history. Ironically, the guy that holds that record is Andrew Luck in yep. 2012. Um, but he also broke the uh, NFL record for passing yards in a single season or a single game, I should say. Um, 470 yards earlier this year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did uh, C.J. Stroud. I mean, how much better is he wow. than what you thought he was going to be coming out in the draft? Because I thought, I thought out of, coming out of Ohio State, this guy – if he went to the right system and he had a really good offensive line and he was protected, you could see that elite accuracy. But he has shattered my expectations with just how comfortable he looks right away in this system. I thought he would be good. I thought he would be about an above-average rookie quarterback coming into the National Football League. But he has impressed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback that's goes out there that's very, very composed. He doesn't get rattled. He just goes out there and plays football. He knows what he can do. 
I think they have a good system for him. They have good weapons around him. And Nico Collins uh, is from one of the wide receivers. Robert Woods, another wide receiver. So I think they have people around him. He's done a nice job. I mean, was it only five interceptions? I think that, that's year. that's probably the most and that's the exactly. most impressive part of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's very impressive to me. A rookie going out there and uh, not throwing many interceptions, but also as I said earlier, just him being composed out there. Yeah, and that goes a long way. Not just for his play on the football field, but for what his teammates see out of him out there in the football field, knowing that hey, he's under control. This game is not too big for him. He can handle it. He can do it, and we have confidence that he can do it out there in the football field. And he's shown that. I'm gonna, and this is not at all a stab. He's playing like he's in Columbus, because <laughs> the knock on C.J. Stroud was he was really good in that system. He had so many good players around him. The yeah. receiving talent was so good. The right. offensive line yeah, was so much could better. Put up those anybody numbers. could do that. Yeah, right. and yeah. it doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Yeah. and and a lot of people thought him going to a team that wasn't already established as a top team as far as offensive line or weapons go, he's made guys. Like, Nico Collins was a good player. Mm -hmm. First couple years, he was up and down. You thought, okay, maybe he's a, you know, a fringe number two wide receiver for a really good team. He's got over 1,100 yeah. receiving yards. Yeah. I think part of that has to do with what C.J. Stroud has done. Yeah. We won't see Tank Dell. He's been, hurt. he's been hurt and he's done for the rest of the year. But he was a rookie who was kind of on pace with what Josh Downs has done with the Colts. And you put both those guys together with Nico Collins. Robert Woods is a really good veteran who's had a pretty good resurgence here after a couple down years. Dalton Schultz has been that weapon that he was in Dallas yeah. with a guy like Dak Prescott. Yeah. And I think all of that plays into what C.J. Stroud has done. So in a way, like I said, this is not a stab at all. It's like he's playing in Columbus, only he's doing it in Houston at a higher level. He's so poised. He's, he, I mean, it's been very impressive because typically you see this. You see guys with so much talent, and it takes them a couple years. Like we're seeing it in Jacksonville. Like Trevor Lawrence didn't step into Jacksonville and all of a sudden be the guy that's leading in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Bryce Young. Yeah, right, look at what Bryce Young's Bryce doing Young, in yeah. Carolina. Like, what C.J. Stroud has done, you cannot overlook it because it doesn't happen that often in the NFL. Yeah, these, these teams have so much similarities about them. I mean, obviously, yeah. they're 9-7, and seven, first-year head coaches, rookie quarterbacks in the terms of the bigger picture yeah. with Stroud and Anthony Richardson. There's just a lot to, to, to build on and to be excited about, just sort of the, the foundational success um, and, and what that can mean going forward here in the future. But also, too, as it relates to this year, these two teams have alternated wins and losses for a long time. The Colts have alternated wins and losses for four straight weeks. The Texans have been win-loss, win-loss for seven straight weeks. <laughs> Billy, who's got the edge coming into this game? Because oh. neither team has been able to kind of just bury the other in terms of the standings. Right, right. I, I, definitely. Uh, both 9-7 teams. You know, I'm going to say the Colts because the Colts have put – together more back-to-back -back wins mm -hmm. than I think the Texans have lately. So I'm going to go with the Colts in that sense that, you know what, they know how to back up a win with another win. You know what, just playing well. But also I think home field advantage is going to play a part in this. It's back. It's, it's home field advantage <laughs> I think is going to play a part in this because, you know what, you got Colts fans making a whole bunch of noise, which I think will have an effect on the Houston Texans offense, which gives an advantage to the Colts defense, maybe getting off the ball, getting to the quarterback, putting some pressure on the quarterback. So I think in that sense – the Colts have the edge because they're playing at home and they have put back-to-back -back, uh, wins together over this season. Yeah, no, I agreed with that completely. I and mean, that's, that's one of the things I was going to talk about is the home field advantage early. We talked about how many straight games it was without a win inside yeah. of Lucas Oil, and now it's, what, three in a row? Mm -hmm. And the team really has looked 
really, really good at home. They've rebounded from a couple bad losses on the road. You had the game and the, the win against Pittsburgh. We saw what happened last week, both of those mm-hmm. coming off losses. So I agree. I think home field is back finally in Indianapolis. And I mentioned it last week. Like, you want playoff games here in Indy. Last week was a playoff game. Here's another one. So, fans, we need you again at Lucas Oil for sure. Yeah, and they've been great. Yeah, they've they been have great. Been. Lucas Oil Stadium has been a really good home field advantage for the Colts, even when they're not winning earlier in the season. Like, it, the fans were still doing their yes. part. Yeah. Yes. The energy was still there. So, there's no doubt about that. I want to get to the nitty gritty of this game. Let's talk about the Colts' ability to run the ball. They're going to have to do that well, yeah. at least situationally in this game, in order to win. The Texans giving up only 88 rushing yards per game. All right, let me say that again. Yeah. 88 rushing yards per game. That is number two in the <laughs> NFL. They have coming into this game, they've held four straight opponents to under 80 yards. Isn't that crazy? Rushing. All right. And they played Derrick Henry twice in that stretch. Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah, Henry had like, yeah. what, 43, 43 yards rushing the other week, day? Yeah. And, you know, two weeks before, he didn't do anything either. Yeah. So they're really physical up front at the point of attack. They've got 100 tackles for loss as a team. <laughs> That's second most in the NFL as well. So they're really good at getting you behind the chains or behind the eight ball, if you, if you will, on first and second down with tackles for loss and disruptive plays near or behind the line of scrimmage. So – you go, you go back to that first game, week two, which, which, again, I know is you can't really take much from that. But in that game, Zach Moss had a really big game. Right? Mm-hmm. That was when Jonathan Taylor was still on PUP. Moss in that game had 88 yards rushing, uh, Bill. Yep. And you look at it, too, the Colts in that game rushed as a team for 126, which is the highest, still the highest total the Texans have allowed rushing all season long. What do you make of the Colts' ability with Jonathan Taylor and maybe Zach Moss in this game? I mean, when was the last time those two were healthy together in the same yeah, game? It hasn't, hasn't been very often this remember. year. That's I mean, it's for either sure. Taylor without Moss or Moss without yeah, Taylor. Exactly. So what do you make of the Colts' ability to run the ball, at least situationally in this game, when they have to, you know, for third and short, or maybe if they get into late in the game when Shane Steichen wants to just salt the game away and pound the Texans if they get in that situation? I think I like their chances just because I think, you know, we have a good chance, of you said, having both JT and Zach back there. And I think having JT back there, who didn't play the first game yeah. in, in Houston, so I think having JT back there and – being somewhat fresh, you know, not playing a lot this season. So I think having him back will help a lot. And uh, it's going to be tough. You know, I'm not saying the Colts are going to rush for over 126 yards again um, this game. But I think if you run efficiently and effectively mm-hmm. and at certain times when it's important to get those big yards on the ground, I think that will help the Colts out. I mean, previous game, I forget which game it was, the Colts came out passing a little bit. And then at the end of the game, they salted the game away by running the ball. Yeah. You know, killing, killing time off the clock. That was a Steelers game. Yeah, Steelers game. Yeah. Killing time off the clock, running the ball. With Trey Sermon, Tyler Goodson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So off the line can do it. It's not that. Right. And then you have backs back there that can run. So I like for the Colts to run the ball efficiently and effectively, but not necessarily getting over 100 and some odd yards because I think since the Colts played, uh, the Texans played the Colts, the Texans only allowed four 100-yard games since the last time the Colts played. So, as you said, they're only right. allowing 88 yards per game. So, they're a good run defense, but I think the Colts can run the ball effectively enough to be efficient, to move the ball down the field, and be effective to just to put the Texans at bay yeah. so they don't get after the Colts. I mean, I, I probably should have looked this up, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but we're taping this on Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. So, we don't yet know the full – uh, status of the injury report, the final status injury report going into the game. But right now we're monitoring Quentin Nelson. We're monitoring Ryan Kelly. Yep. But if you have a, a full, healthy, 
five offensive linemen, right? Braden Smith, Nelson, Ryan Kelly. We know about Braden Smith. He's missed yeah, seven games right. this year. Seriously, I probably should have looked this up before we came on here. But <laughs> when was the last time the Colts had five healthy offensive linemen and a healthy top two backs in Moss and Taylor? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, may, I don't that, think yeah, – maybe mean, not all year. Yeah. I, I can't, can't, I think, can't of think of any time that where that – Maybe that Tennessee game when they had both because that's one of the last times I remember when Zach, when they kind of eased Jonathan in. Zach ran for – I was like a – he had two touchdowns. Yeah. And, and But Taylor in that game wasn't Taylor. Right. And, and he was just coming back. 100%. Right. Right. And, and that's – that's a that's a great question because yeah that that is and you think about it I mean when the, this is the most pivotal game of the year and that's a benefit you have is hey we've got our full arsenal hopefully knock on we aren't sure right. as you said it's Thursday we don't know right. the status of Quentin and and Ryan but when you look at that that is something that is it's encouraging because I don't want to overlook this because you know last year isn't last year and things are different but. Taylor's numbers against Houston has been pretty impressive. The last three times he's played them over a buck forty, and all of those he's got, you know, yeah. over eighty. I think over eighty-three yards in all five games ever against Houston. He's yes. got seven total touchdowns. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has had his mark on Houston. I know that from a Houston's perspective, that's their biggest thing is we've got to stop twenty-eight. And I really like the ability that Jonathan could come in with a full arsenal of his offensive line. Also, you know, the, the offense, I think they gained a lot of confidence last week with the other guys. You know, Michael Pittman came back, but you saw a big play for Alec Pierce. You saw yes. Josh Downs have a big play here. And I think confidence is growing inside the offense. So yeah. getting a, a healthy Jonathan Taylor with a healthy offensive line, I, yeah. I like the Colts' odds in the run game. Like Bill said, we may not have to go over a buck twenty, yeah. but just make sure you're competent offensively running the football to make it an option, so the defense cannot just pin their ears down and go get the get the passer. Jonathan Taylor has more rushing yards against the Houston Texans than any other opponent in the NFL, ah. and he hasn't played in the last two times. Yeah, wow. <laughs> last time he played wow. him was Week One. Of 2022, he's missed the last two games against the Texans with a couple of different injuries. So keep an eye on that. Mark Vandermeer is coming up in just a second, but I do want to spend one more uh, one more item in terms of the nitty gritty on this game. I want to talk about the pass rush on both sides because I think that's really going to be huge. Whichever team's pass rush is better in this game is going to go a long way in deciding the winner. I think because the Colts sacked the Texans as we said six times, really banged up offensive line back in week two for the Texans. the Colts are just one sack away, by the way, from getting 50 for the season. Yeah. 50 sacks has not been done that. by this franchise since 1976. Wow. All right, so the Colts have four different players with at least seven sacks on the season. But the Texans, pretty formidable as well. Yeah. They only need one more sack to get to 46 as a team. And if they do that on Saturday night, that'll be a new team record for them in terms of sacks in a single season. So they've got Jonathan Grenard. They've got Will Anderson. Those guys have combined for about 20 sacks on the season, Billy. Which team's pass rush shows out more on Saturday? And in your opinion, how how big is that in this game? Well, first, uh, to answer that second part of your question, it's huge. I think it's huge because – like anything else, if you can get to the quarterback, you make your team one-dimensional, you make your quarterback kind of hesitant. I mean, Stroud's splits are just enormous no, I, I, between I pressure, not pressure, pressure. Pressure, not yeah, I know. Absolutely. I, exactly. Yeah. So you put pressure on him, and hopefully, you know, he might, you know, he might have more than five interceptions on his career. <laughs> you know, hopefully get some pressure so he can throw an interception. But I think it's going to be big, and, and the reason I think it's going to be big is because, as I mentioned, make the team one-dimensional, force the team to run the ball, 
look, Singletary and um, uh, Pierce, good running backs for the, the Texans. Right. But you know what? I think if we can just make sure that they're running the ball, I like the chances of the Colts winning the football game. And also, I think the Colts will have the advantage because they're playing at home. I think that plays a big part in helping the Colts pass rush, yeah. making it loud for the offensive line of the Texans to hear the count, hear the snaps. Maybe they get off just a second late. That gives an advantage to the Colts' defensive line to get, to ball, get off the ball and get to the quarterback. So I, I, I'm looking for the Colts to have the advantage in the game on Saturday yeah. night. Agreed. And, and my big thing is, we, we mentioned at the top, Braden Smith, you saw the impact that he can have. I mean, tip your cap to Blake Freeland. You know, he's been thrown into the fire as a rookie, and he's really held up. But you see the difference that a guy like Braden Smith can do. Last week, he had a matchup. Essentially, I mean, maybe not the entire game, but a lot of the game against Max Crosby. And if you look at the stat sheet for Max Crosby, he was was a factor, but it wasn't like, you know, his factor was he got a a forced fumble on a run play that was recovered by Michael Pittman. Outside of that, he had one quarterback hit. That's it. And when I look at what Braden Smith has done throughout his career, I like the odds. Bernard Ryman has taken such a huge step in year two. So when you look at those bookends on that offensive line, I like what the Colts have. Now, Laramie Tunsil on on Houston's side, I mean, he's a pro bowler for a reason. That guy is a really, really good talent. But on the other sides of the offensive line for Houston, I see some ability where the Colts can attack. You know, a guy like Charlie Heck, he's not a known, you know, pass rush specialist is going to defend edge rushers. So I like the Colts' odds against some of the other offensive lineman on the Houston side, so I like the Colts on both sides of the football in this game. All right, we'll see how it all shapes out here. Saturday night, Lucas Oil Stadium. We've talked about this game from basically every angle so far. Let's go behind enemy lines. Chatting up right now with Mark Vandermeer, great guy, voice of the Houston Texans. Casey Vallier did that earlier this week. Here's that conversation now on the official Colts podcast. Well, here we are, season finale for all the marbles, if you will. Saturday night football at Lucas Oil Stadium in a win-and-you're-in final game. It's the Colts and the Texans, and to help get us up to date on everything, Texans is a guy who knows this team better than anyone else, Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. Mark, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, but I just want to talk about first, what a what 80 we're at week 18 this year compared to where we were last year. Yeah, that's funny because you think about last year and uh, it, look, the Colts are the Texans nemesis. I've always said this. Right. We know the history and I'm glad that our young players don't know the history <laughs> because the Texans are four and 17 up in Indy all time. And it was weird last year because the Texans did not lose to the Colts, a tie and a win. Yet right. after both games, I felt kind of bad after the tie. <laughs> you don't feel good after a tie especially when you have a big lead. And then the last game, I thought, oh, man, the number one pick. I mean, I love beating the Colts, but the number one pick. But then it all worked out because the Texans took C.J. Stroud, and we know the rest of the story. But you're right. It's a completely different situation, and I think it's awesome for both teams. No, I mean, and I want to stay right there. I mean, you you talk about the first time these teams met up here in 2023. You've got Anthony Richardson at quarterback for the Colts week two. C.J. Stroud's just kind of getting into the thick of things. The offensive line was in flux. And I think we saw glimpses of what C.J. Stroud could be, but just taking that throughout the rest of the rookie year, I know he missed some time with the concussion a couple weeks back, but in all, I mean, you talk about a pretty impressive rookie year from C.J. Stroud. From your vantage point, is this one of the best rookie debuts you've ever seen? It's the best I've ever seen because we had Watson here, and he was really good his rookie year in six games, six and a half games, played extremely well. 
And then the following years, he played well, but never as good as that rookie six-game stretch. He threw 19 right. touchdown passes. It was insane what he did. Uh, and then, obviously, we know the rest of the story there. But to have C.J. Stroud come in here, and he's just a different kind of guy, and we saw him early on, obviously, started against Baltimore, started against the Colts, did not play great, but started to heat up a little bit in the second half of the Colts game, and then he just took off. He really got it. And some guys see the field in a certain way, and some guys don't. And some guys are going to throw the ball in a tight window where a lot of other quarterbacks would say, I'm not even going to attempt that pass. He attempts a lot of passes that a lot of other quarterbacks wouldn't, and he's making them. He's completing them. He's successful. He has this infectious effect on the rest of the team as well. A very positive guy. I think everyone is feeding off of that. And to have him back now when you need him most is a real big plus. Now, one of the changes we have noticed over this time since the first time these teams met up back in week two was kind of a shift in the backfield. It looks like Devin Singletary has kind of taken over that role from what Damian Pierce was. And with Singletary, I mean, he's played a lot of meaningful football with his time in Buffalo. So how big of an addition has he been to this team kind of guiding him to this potential playoff race? Yeah, since he started week nine, he's one of the better backs in the league. I think it's top five or something like that as a running back since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. And I think for him, he's a really great fit for this system. I do think there's still a lot out there for Damian Pierce, but for whatever reasons, this kind of zone blocking, they do that. They don't do that exclusively, but they do a lot of that. He likes that. He feeds well in that system. Good one cut back. Uh, and it's not like they're blowing up the world with the ground game now, but it's a whole lot better than it was earlier in the season. They found something that they can take on the road with them in this situation and in other situations and use it home to be effective on the ground where you have the play action working better and those kinds of things. I do like Pierce still, and they returned kicks with Pierce starting against Cleveland. That looked interesting at a 75-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. I mean, that's Damian Pierce. You know, he's downhill runner. Yeah. So we'll see how they put it all together at Indy, but Singletary been a, a big addition for this team. He was the leading rusher on the Bills last year, right. and he's 36 yards away from his all-time best year uh, going into the Colts game. Now we're joined by Mark Vandermeer, voice of the Texans. One of the top rookie receivers has been Tank Dell. We know he's lost for the season with that leg injury, but the improvement that we've seen out of Nico Collins over the last couple seasons, and then you have a guy like Robert Woods, who's that established veteran in that room. What do you make of this receiver room moving forward, especially with Nico Collins at the lead? Well, this team took so much heat in the offseason, right? You didn't do enough at receiver. What are you going to do? You're not going to move the ball. You're going to have the number one pick again. What are you doing? Or close to the number one pick. That was a lot of the criticism. But this receiver group with Tank Dell looked extremely good. When you looked at yards per catch, things like that, and then you look at Noah Brown blowing up. They go to Cincinnati. It felt like every reception was for 30 yards plus. Nico's big thing is, I always thought this, if he's healthy, he's making plays. He's one of those guys, and I know you probably have a lot of that with the Colts as well. Guys who, if you're healthy, we know you're good. And Nico's one of those players. Now, to have a quarterback like Stroud getting the ball to him, huge plus. Neither guy played in the first matchup against the Tennessee Titans when the Texans had Case Keenum in there, and they won deep in overtime. Uh, but having them both back for the last game against Tennessee, you saw the connection. It was very special. It is special. There's great chemistry there. It's too bad they don't have Dell, but Stroud to Nico is a moneymaker. 
Now, we briefly talked about at the top, the offensive line in that first that first meeting in week two was kind of in shambles for Houston. I think Shaq Mason was the only guy that's going to be starting this week that played in that game. So when you look at the offensive line, how much has that helped in what we've seen out of this offense? It feels like they've had 45 guys in and out of the offensive line. It just feels that way. Yeah. It's been incredible to see the amount of jockeying around that they do uh, with the center position early on in camp. They lost Scott Quisenberry, and it just went from there. Uh, I think with with this line right now, you know, Laramie got nicked up in the last game. We'll see how he's going to do. But they have players they can count on. George Fant was a tremendous addition. They got him yeah. right at the start of camp. Good job for Nick Casario there. Uh, and then you go on down the line of guys who have contributed. When you look at a rookie like Juice Scruggs, who was slated to play center but was hurt for huge chunks of the season, then came back and had to play guard with Michael Dieter at center. They've been moving guys around and Titus Howard out for the year. But – Somehow they've made it work. And obviously Stroud got hurt, took some pressure. Uh, they haven't run the ball as well as they want, except since week nine, it's been better, as I pointed out. So it's coming together. It's just not where they ultimately want it to be. Now, defensively, when the, the, the first time this team met, Zach Moss had a great game on the, on the ground mm-hmm. game. The Colts ran for 126 yards, which is actually the most given up by the Texans run defense, which has been pretty impressive all season long. What are your expectations for how this is going to match up on Saturday compared to what we saw back in week two? Uh, can Jonathan Taylor retire before Saturday? I think, <laughs> listen, I think he should sit it out just to, for safety reasons. It's good for his career. Look, this is tough. You go from Derrick Henry, who you've had two of the last three weeks. Now the Texans yeah. did a, an amazing job against Derrick Henry. But Taylor's different, right? You don't play Taylor the same way you played Henry. So we'll see how that goes. But they've been good against the run. Where they've struggled is against the pass overall, against good quarterbacks. And right. in that first game against the Colts, you know, Anthony Richardson looked really good, right? He had those two touchdown runs. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. Then Minshew comes in, and I'm thinking, good. Gardner Minshew had some success against him in the Texans versus Minshew history. Right. But he blows up. And he's really good all season long, and you know better than me. So I don't know what to make of all that. I just know this, that the Texans have to find a way to to at least slow down the Colts' running game and get Minshew in some long down and distance. That's your best shot. They've been pretty good at getting after the quarterback when people are healthy, right? Will Anderson didn't play much last week, but blew up with a couple of sacks. He has seven, and that's the Texans' rookie record. You'd love to have Jonathan Grenard back, but additions, here's Derek Barnett. He wasn't on the team for most of the season, right. yet he's making plays at defensive end. Jerry Hughes, the old man in the sea, you know him. He's a local guy, comes up with a big strip sack against the Titans, so uh, he can still play. And Myjay Sanders, who's he? You got him from the Cardinals. A lot of players on this team were not around when the season started. Kareem Jackson, Adrian Amos, and the secondary players like that, they all have to contribute. Now, you know, I want to stay right there talking with Mark Vandermeer, you know, of the the voice of the Texans, sticking up front with Will Anderson. We knew about everything heading into the draft. He might be one of the best defensive talents we've seen mm-hmm. early on. I know it took that, you know, it took him a little while to incorporate himself into the pro game. But as of late, he seems like a guy who's definitely coming on pretty strong. He's amazing, and he's an amazing kid, and you see why they drafted him. When they drafted him and moved up to get him, I thought, this guy's going to run the locker room eventually. He's the kind of player you want on your football team on and off the field, representing you in the community. Uh, But he reminds me in this way. I'm not going to put J.J. Watt on him, but I'll say this. 
Watt, his rookie year, had five and a half sacks. The similarity is this. Late in Watt's rookie year, he told me, yeah, I started to figure some things out. I think Will Anderson is starting to figure some things out, whatever that means for a defensive end. But keep figuring them out because against the Titans with a little rest now is injury rest. But sometimes I think when these guys sit out a couple of games with an injury, they they learn other things. Other parts of their body can heal up and their mind sees the game maybe differently. But he came in there and just blasted through that line and looked great. And maybe he can continue to do similar things down the stretch here in this regular season finale. And if they are fortunate to win, to go on from there. But I, I like where we're trending with Will Anderson. The seven sacks, Watt had five and a half. Mario Williams, we had him here. He had four. Jadeveon Clowney never had a double-digit sack season in his whole career. So, But he's been very effective. So I think Will's supremely effective so far. The sky's the limit for him. Now, final thing I want to talk to you about, and it's probably something we probably should have mentioned at the top, but D'Amico Ryans. I mean, Mm. you talk about an incredible first year, what he's done in Houston. I mean, you covered him as a player, and now you see what he's done as a coach. I mean, how impressive have you been with D'Amico Ryans? We're saying the same thing here with Shane Steichen and what he's been able to turn around in Indy, but it's been a lot of fun watching what D'Amico's done. Yeah, I don't enjoy watching what Shane Steichen is doing at all, by the way. This is not good. Not good in the division. But it makes I'll it say fun, this, though. Uh, yeah, of course, it makes it fun to be playing in meaningful games. Uh, right. D'Amico, look, I, I've been around here since the franchise started, so I was here when he was a rookie, and right. I saw him as a rookie, as a leader, right away. You get to see it with my own non-having-played football eyes. I could see it in OTAs as a rookie that he was a leader, and they called him Cap as a rookie, right. captain. And he has that kind of effect on people, super positive, yet attention to detail is there and also inspirational at the same time, fired up. The guy's amazing from the moment he was hired to transform the city because all the former players, because it's been a little rocky here. I don't know if you've noticed the last few years, all the former players who were kind of, what's going on with the Texans? They all came back. They all came back home. It was a big homecoming for everybody, and it was really powerful. And to see it happen in one year, he turns you instantly back into a winner because no matter what happens Saturday, it's a winning season for the Houston Texans, and that's amazing considering what the prognosticators said. It's all D'Amico to me. Now, it's, of course, players, and you have to give credit where credit is due, and Stroud's been incredible. Uh, but it all starts with the McNairs and Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans as the head coach, and they're making good moves, and he's pulling all the right strings. I mean, that, maybe not 100% correct, but he'll be the first to tell you. It's trial and error in the NFL, and they're doing the best they can, and they've had some success relatively, and they're looking forward to more. Well, there you go. Mark Vandermeer, voice of the Texans. Mark, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the trip to Indy Saturday. should be a lot of fun. Let's go to the horseshoe. See what happens. Yeah, that's Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Houston Texans, earlier this week with Casey Vallier. We're back here again on the official Colts podcast. To wrap it up, we're brought to you by Win Las Vegas. And again, Mark's a good guy. I mean, Mark is... He's a really good broadcaster, but he also is he's unapologetically all Houston Texans, which I mean, you, you can't you can't fault him for that. But, you know, he doesn't shy away from saying that the Colts are they are the arch nemesis. You know, when you, when you talk about the Colts, you know, the arch nemesis for the Colts are the Patriots, the Steelers, maybe here recently, although not this year, the, the Tennessee Titans. You know, the, the Colts are all of those teams wrapped in one right. as it relates to the Houston Texans. The Colts are 32 
10 and one all time against the Texans. So obviously, um, you know, when you, when you talk about horseshoe football down in Houston, a lot of venom kind of takes over and it just invokes a, a bad <laughs> feeling. So they're going to be jacked for this game, just like the Colts are. We're wrapping it up here. You know, we talked about all the, the running game stuff and the sacks and all of that. I mean, this is a win and you're in game. All right. So, you know, this could be the last time we talk about this Colts team in 2023. You know, if the Colts don't win, who knows if we're doing a podcast next week, you know, right. talking about this team. So we might be wrapping it up here. Hopefully we're not. Hopefully we're talking about the playoffs next week on this Thursday edition of this podcast. But, Billy, regardless of how Saturday night, Saturday night goes, how do you feel about this season for the Colts as we wrap up? Well, well I will say this. I feel good about what I saw out there in the football field in regards to how the guys approach the game. The, from an office standpoint, the things that Shane Steichen has brought to this team, the things they've done on the football field, being creative with the offensive players, if it was personnel, if it was plays, um, the trust he has in the players, the trust the players have in him, and just the fight that the players have. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed seeing that out there in the football field and how they've played and, and just, just battled. As a player, I would be disappointed mm -hmm. if didn't make the playoffs, if didn't get there, because you have an opportunity, and this is all you want. You want the opportunity. You want to take advantage of the opportunity. So I'm sure those guys, you know what, they're, they're, they're just thinking about playing this game and winning this game. So as a player, if it, if it don't make the playoffs, I would be disappointed. But I am definitely, definitely pleased and enthusiastic, excited about the future and what the, the guys have done this year right. and how they've played and how hard they've played. Question for both of you, and then we'll wrap up. How much does it matter that this – I mean, I, I know you've got veteran pieces, right? I know you've got Buckner and Franklin um, and, and, you know, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly. These are all guys that have been here a long time. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, this is a young football team, and you're going to have a lot of building pieces next year that are getting their first taste of yeah. meaningful football. How important is it, Casey, that you know guys like Josh Downs and Alec Pierce, who's a young player, so on and so forth, that this group of young players gets a taste of playoff football? Because that's what this is. This is a playoff game on Saturday night. How important is it that this, got, this group of young players gets a taste of this at, at, at this early stage of their careers going forward to hopefully be part of this on an annual basis. Now, I can't speak to this of actually playing like Bill can, so I know your your interest might be a little different, but mm -hmm. but I think it's huge because... Just to get just, a taste of the just intensity to taste of it. it. All of it. Like, all that goes into just the preparation for this week. I think you get an idea of, okay, this is what this feels like. And you have that baseline of, okay, this is this is how I prepare for this. And, you know, you look at a guy like DeForest Buckner who has played in a Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's been on a team that, like last year, you're out of the playoff mix. So he has seen the ups and the downs. So being able to take, pick his brain about how you prepare for certain things, I think all of that is so important. But I think also just from a, a mental standpoint, being able to see success. Yeah. Every confidence, it, it's so important, especially in the game of football. Like momentum, it, it's not, it's not, a, it, it's real. And so being able to see that the hard work you're putting in is paying off, and you're you're shutting up the doubters that that they essentially wrote you off beginning before the year. And you go out there, you do the work, you put in the time, and you're seeing those benefits happen. I think that is what is so important. 
I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's very important that these guys get an opportunity to experience this where it's the intensity has ratcheted up a little bit for this game. This game uh, against right. the Texans that, you know what? Okay, this is how you prepare. <laughs> this is how you get ready for the game. These yeah. are the things that are going to happen. This is what you're going to experience. Okay, you go out there and play the game. These are the things you experience during the game. And to put those in your memory bank and keep those things in your memory bank for a future time when your career goes on, you have other games like this, big games like this, it's very important for those guys to get that. So when other big games come, they can call, they can recall right. that and, yeah. and use that for, the, for their benefit. So the, the games, the intensity changes a little bit. You know, the regular season and then the playoff intensity changes a little bit. And this is as close to a playoff game as you're going to get. No, it because, is. You know, I mean, yeah. you, it is. You baby. win in yeah. your end, or if you lose, you go home. Hey, so there's, there's no in between. Is so. this a must win, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I didn't even want to go there. I, I, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I knew one of you guys were going to go there with that. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, what's the math that, say this week, Bill? We're, 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 we're going to leave that one alone right now. I would say that because. I'm not going to bring it up. I won't even bring it up. We'll, we'll leave it alone. Yeah. We'll just leave it alone. We all know what is understood need not be discussed. <laughs> right. yeah, Intensity is right. going to be high on Saturday night. Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be going bonkers. I know Touchdown Town is going to be yes. on fire, just like it always has been all year long. You better, you might want to bundle up there. It's going to be yeah. a little chilly on Saturday night. That's now. all right. Hopefully, yeah. all excited. I'll be warm. There. Hopefully, all excited. Yeah, you're going to be starting with the sun setting. Yeah, yeah baby. I know. I yeah. know. Hey. Primetime game. By the way, that's something we didn't mention, that this is going to be the first primetime game for both of these teams in 2023 and for the Houston Texans. <laughs> the first time they play outside of the 1 o'clock Eastern crazy. Sunday afternoon yeah, window. Crazy. So they go from nobody seeing them <laughs> to everybody. All right, we got Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. <laughs> right. Let's go. Let's see what you got, C.J. Stroud. Colts and Texans, it's going to be fun. 8.15 Eastern time at Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, we cannot wait. Cannot wait to bring it to you on radio. Casey Vallier on Countdown to kick off. Bill Brooks and the gang on the uh, Colts pregame huddle, and we are just so excited, and we can't thank you enough for tuning us in all season long here on the official Colts podcast, brought to you by Win Las Vegas. We hope we're, uh, we're doing it again next week, talking about the Colts in the playoffs. But first things first, got to win against the Texans on Saturday night. Thanks again for watching, everybody, on YouTube and for dialing us in here on the Colts Audio Network. And we will talk to you soon. Go Colts! Go Colts!